Dude, that definitely is the quick and dirty version. Why is it that all the best stuff we say always is right before we turn the mics on? It's tradition, well, dude. Yeah, it's tradition <laughs> today. Point. I think today I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I think good call. I, yeah. I was like, yeah, marginal conversation at best. It's a nice way of putting it. Marginal conversation at best. Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. All this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tip. Star. The. Uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Woo! The podcast, episode 281. What's up, it's your boy, the Ted Smith. will be host of this here podcast, the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Uh, to the left of me, actually, he's to the right of me. He's always here, unless he's somewhere in two wheels in Southeast Asia. He goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? U.S. commodities dropped lower today in early trading, and the Nikkei closed up nearly eight points. For a stock that's seen its share of woes, dip season, college football, and the Thanksgiving holiday have converged into the perfect rocket launch, and shares of the podcast are piping hot this week as macro trends converge to send the stock to peak prices ahead of the greatest podcast party in all the land. All the land! Will the boys black out or lie, or rise? I don't have the end of this written. Just get me out of here. All right. <laughs> so back there, get the studio set up. Looking very good today. Uh, Matt Comer, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Thanks, Ted. I'm good. Yeah, I kind of forgot. I, I do like you walked in today. What did Thor say? What do you got? Court? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, it's after six. Court would have been over. Yeah. It's a charity event, actually. And second of all, that happens on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I will say, though, that is a safe uh, assessment in radio stations. <laughs> <laughs> what? That if someone's wearing a tie, they're probably they have court that day? Well, like, unless you work in sales, like, on air people. Like you, you just don't wear suits or ties or anything like that. So it's just like they used to always be the joke if somebody came in, especially somebody like me. Like, would you have court today? Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, ninety yeah. percent shot. Yeah, and I have done that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, first thing you mentioned it there. Uh, next weekend, December fourteenth, we will be at the Aurora Borealis up in Shoreline, three to six p.m. for the get together. Three to six. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So come on by, uh, hang out, say hello. And then, uh, like I said, they're having a show that night. So if you want to stay and watch the show, which is super cool, that'll be 10 bucks. But, uh, yeah, ours is free, of course. Just uh, come on by. Have some wings and stuff. You know, put down some beers. Yeah, it's a great venue. <laughs> Did I throw you off at the time? I'm totally, yeah, uh, I'm mind by the time. What about time? Previously, you had said a different time. time. You need a time piece? That day. No. I got a time piece. Oh, he's got the rolly on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We about after. But we couldn't, we couldn't get the room for those times yep. we wanted, so we, we adjusted it. Cool. Well, some of us worked last week, Cobb, so we Ooh. talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> Wait, what? That some was of us actually, ago. or that was two weeks ago. It was like some of us were actually here and did our job on the podcast. Did I miss a podcast? Yeah. Two weeks ago? I don't even remember what was going on. You called out sick. Oh, when I say, oh, I didn't know you guys ended up doing one. You didn't, yeah. you're not subscribed? I might be. I'm not. <laughs> He's got one of those things where, like, if he's not mentioned in it, he doesn't see it. <laughs> it's a Google alert. Just it's a Google alert. Name. That's what it is. Dang. And just like that, I feel way more expendable than Matt. Because Matt was <laughs> sick and we didn't do one. <laughs> tough no, no, tough breaks out here. Buttons. Yep. Well, that's the thing, right? Matt does a couple things over there that I could probably figure out, but can't. Man, I, could, I could turn on the show. It's getting it loaded so people could actually listen to it. I can't do. Well, what'd you boys talk about? Give mainly me the, speed here. Mainly the party. I think I had talked to Chris and we nailed in the actual times. And we kept it pretty quick and light. Yeah. It's like an infomercial for the party. I think we just talked about sports the whole time. Sports yeah, and parties. 
Yeah, Ted and checks then, his notes. It was yeah. so on brand. I, I literally so have. Elaborate notes. I literally have party weekend slash fun week, and then the next one just says our party. <laughs> Dude, that's so, oh, that's so. We went to that party the weekend yeah. beforehand up in Linwood. Oh, that's right, because we had been together with our Bernie Man crew the uh, the weekend before. That's a perfect example of Ted's notes. It's always like the episode number, my name, Matt's name, and then two words. And each one of those will be like a 20 minute topic. I got a lot in here today. It'll yeah, be like, it looks like life. quite the list. <laughs> uh, Science. So, right. So, I just want to remind everybody about that party. Uh, yeah, come by whenever. Like I said, I might get there a little bit earlier, but I'll do the same things last year. We'll get some chicken wings out there and stuff and, you know, just enjoy the I think day. We got some special guests confirmed. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think it's just going to be Taryn. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. It's like, are we going to say these special guests? I think we could nice. say it here. Yeah. That helps. We're trying to get as many That's people fun. as we can, so we should... We should. Well, we got Kevin Deers from Metal Shop, too, right? Yeah, Kevin looks like he's oh, in. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Jake from 10 Miles Wide. Fuck it. We're just putting it out there today. <laughs> um, yeah. God, who did I run into the other day? I talked to Pound. They, they're maybes. Okay. I'm not even so, sure I know the other guy in Pound. Dave, yeah, Dave's an awesome dude, too. All right. I was Possibly like, Mariah Carey showing up for a Christmas song? Jesus. I don't know. Sorry. I just had a horrible That's flashback to, to don't Mar- Marilyn Monroe. Yes! But you said yes! Mariah Carey like, no. <laughs> there will be no female singing. <laughs> oh, man. For those who aren't familiar, the two-second story is that Ted's mom sent a singing telegram to his, to his annual Christmas slash birthday party on Christmas Eve, and it was... Mm-hmm. You could hear a pin drop in there. I'll say that. She brought it up this weekend, and it was awesome. But she's <laughs> yeah, like, right? who should I send this year? Yeah. Ted, Greatest gift. She made drops. Just, like, got flushed red, like, oh, n- no one. Nope. I said, you traumatized. Get, you get to send nobody. <laughs> that honestly, I, man, I forget about that story sometimes. That might be one of the most uncomfortable moments of my life. Dude, you were traumatized. It was. Yeah, there was no way to get out of it. right now. Yeah, right, I know. That's why when you said Mariah Carey, my eyes lit up like, no, no. All I want for Christmas. Uh, and you know, I love Christmas music. I cannot stand that Mariah Carey song. Allegedly, she makes $40 million a year off that in royalties. I don't doubt it, because yeah. any girl you've ever dated loves that song. I yeah. think that's part of the reason I hate it. I mean, <laughs> And it's yeah. hard to make me hate something Christmas. Yeah. Just and- that and Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. So at Christmas time, I don't want blondes with big boobs, apparently. The Marilyn Monroe thing, too, I just can't explain. If anybody knows how Marilyn Monroe sings happy birthday to the president back in the day, but it's from my mom. So she's doing the sexy song going, happy birthday from your mom. Like, oh, God. In a packed, a jam-packed apartment, sitting on the living room like living room couch with 30-plus people watching them. Yeah, and then she said, could somebody move the table? And you have never seen Cobb move that quick. <laughs> Who was it? You and somebody else. Let's just, go. Yeah, just move that thing. It was me no and uh, Tyler from uh, Dope Show. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was like, man, that thing I moved quick. <laughs> God. It's tough to make you uncomfortable, man. I've seen you uncomfortable maybe, uh, you know, a handful of times. That by far was the most intense. Yeah, and generally it's just the first couple of days of Burning Man. I'm just like, God, I hate this weather. Right. Yeah, that or the other one I was thinking of is when we talked to Dolphin Girl after years of waiting. Oh, I couldn't get a word out. <laughs> You know, Dolphin Girl's got three kids already. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably divorced. <laughs> uh, Ready to sloop in there, Ted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Back to the podcast. Uh, did you guys... So the Seahawks are winning games. Yeah. Yeah. I know. A huge win yesterday. Yeah. 
Did you watch the second half or did you pass out? I watched the first half, but right. I'd eaten a full burger and three sets of fries, so I was done. All right. So wow. did you see any of the touchdown celebration on uh, – all right. So basically – here, I'll show it to you real quick. Okay. So the wide receivers for the Seahawks do very good celebrations, right? Uh, hang on. I'm going to try to talk while I look this up. Seattle. It's probably going to be trending on Twitter still, right? Oh, there it goes. All right, Seacob. Now watch the end of this video. Watch as Russell Wilson runs down here. Look how awkward he is. Because he's not part of it, right? And then he's kind of in the middle. Then he kind of walks away. Then he comes back. Watch again. So they're obviously in their routine, right? Now Russell's running down the field. But when he gets there, it's like, oh. what? He just hops up and down. Right, like, what do I do here? Now, I've seen this before with some of their celebrations and Russell Wilson. So... That's uncomfortable. <laughs> right? So part of my question is, like, do they just not, like, is he not cool to them? Or is it just, like, is he just that uncomfortable? The other thing is they had him mic'd up, and he basically said, and look, don't get me wrong. I like the Seahawks. Russell Wilson is a great quarterback. He's a great human being. I think he might just be a little corny. Okay. I agree with you. I, I could see that for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, the uh, what was his, like, uh, what was that product it's like Russell Wilson juice or something. The water, the yeah, you, something water. Like I don't know. I think it had. It was like iodine water or something. Something. It wasn't. It wasn't ionized, like, ionized water. Alkaline. Alkaline. It's alkaline. Like recovery water. I think it was ionized. Yeah. I don't know. And there was like. Uh, yeah, something that basically does nothing for you. Yeah, right? it was and like they the thing. The hard space then. jam. Was it Bugs or Daffy that was like, oh, here's the magic water. I can't remember. I don't know. But, yeah, okay, so that was, like, a little bit weird. But I, w- I would guess that this is less him being corny and more, you know, at this point, what's his contract money-wise? It's something insane, right? Yeah, he's the highest-paid quarterback in the league ever. There you go. So at this point, he is part of the machine. He's part of the man. For, like, these the, these receivers, you know, like, they're playing year-to-year. Like, they're out there getting paid one 32nd of what he's getting paid. So, like, it's just a separation in the same way that, like, you're not friends with your boss, typically, for people out there, you know? Like, it's just, you know, there's just, I mean, there's camaraderie amongst the warehouse workers. There's camaraderie amongst, like, you know, people on, like, the same level anywhere up. But it's not, like, I don't know. He's just, he's not one of them. The top of the pyramid. Yeah. He's sitting there cashing checks that are worth what every other guy on the field is making. I, yeah, I guess I, go ahead, Matt. Well, I think the you know they break him up into groups, right? Like I don't think he's involved in the celebration. I think that's like a receiver room thing, or when the receivers are doing their thing, they come up with it. And you know he's probably busy doing his own thing. And then when it happens, yeah, he just kind of runs up because he's excited. And then it's like, oh, I, are they done? <laughs> like when do but, I get to celebrate with them? Right, and I get it because quarterbacks, right? Quarterbacks are always going to be separate from the whole team. Right? But it just, I don't know. Like, there's been times before where it seems like they kind of involved him. I feel like sometimes they do. Like, and also for Russell, like, why would you just stand there jumping around? Like, one of the linemen ran down and just waited because it's like, oh, they're doing their thing. Let's wait a second. It just, the whole thing was just awkward. Yeah. And then hearing him mic'd up was terribly awkward. Oh, no. Because everything, I mean, they, people were all over him on Twitter because everything's just like. Was he mic'd up for this game against the Vikings on Monday yeah. Night Football? So everything's super positive. And that's the whole thing with Russell Wilson. Like, he's always positive, but like, I don't know. I, I think after a while, some of those people probably just turn a little bit of a deaf ear to him. It's like, yeah, it's Russell. And he 
that's how he lives his life, right? He's great with Children's Hospital. Like I said, great human being. Goes every Tuesday. Right. Like, takes care of Future's kids. Uh, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like, that, like he Russell Wilson's who you want. But, like, also remember back in the day, he used to wear, like, dad jeans and white, you know, not like white on white Air Force Ones, just like random white tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. But he's also married to Sierra. Yeah. So popular R&B artist. You think that in proximity would make you cooler. You know, and it likely does when they're together, but she wasn't in that end zone. That was all Russ. Yeah, you're right. It's just, I like that you're just like, that's painful to watch. Because I watched it last night and it was like, oh my God, that's awful to watch. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, it's like, I, I don't know, man. He's a quarterback too, so he's kind of calling the shots and, you know, and it, literally choosing which ones of them get paid by who he throws the passes to. So, like, it's just kind of a different, you know, level within the hierarchy, I would say. And so I think they're just that, or maybe they just actually don't like him. I would guess that they like him okay, but maybe they don't hang out on weekends, you know? Well, I was going to say, that's the thing, too. You could work with people you don't like. Yeah, and Russell totally. Wilson's such a high-level like athlete and stuff. I'm sure every receiver would like to play for him. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure they, they respect just, him. Yeah, they might just not get along. You know what I think's cool? Winning. All right. Well, Russell Wilson's cool in my book because he does a lot of winning. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, it doesn't count here, Matt. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. A, no, it doesn't make him cool. There's a lot of people that win a lot of stuff. Like, Ty, are you going to tell me that Tiger Woods is cool? Okay. Yeah, there's also Damn. macro cool well and micro played. cool. Because even really Michael poked, yeah. poked a gigantic gaping hole. In even that Michael argument. Jordan, no one wanted to hang out. I was with. just trying to stick up for Russ. The guy no, no, brings I'm, me a lot of joy. If you're talking just sport, like right, you want him in your organization. He owns part of the Sounders. When I saw him at the parade, I was like, Russ House, yeah. <laughs> like, I love the dude. I'm just Look saying. At me, Sierra. That was just so awkward. And it's like <laughs> he, he threw the ball to him, and it's like. Also, I'm just like Russell. Why did you run in between that? Like, just let him finish their dancing before you get involved. Yeah, he just seemed a little a little awkward. And you're right, the dad jeans, you know, that's that's a key piece of evidence, I would say, against it. I mean, yeah, some people are just kind of like kind of corny and kind of like nerdy. I mean, he spent, you know, it, it's become legend, like how much time he's spent studying game tape and thinking about sports and whatever. Like, there's always that kid, you know? So, I don't know. And I feel the Sierra like thing, their own thing. I just feel like the Sierra adds a different element. Like, if, if the rest of the guys don't like Philip Rivers, I get that. But I'm like... Man, Russ married to a massive R&B star. That should just make him cooler. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it should, but, you know, it's not like she married him because he's cool. All right. You know what I mean? Like, more like they have some connection or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just I like, because she's cool, she marries someone cool, you know? Now I know. I just feel like it makes you. It, it, I, I hear what you're saying on the cool by proxy thing, but I feel like with a marriage, you know, there are other elements. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What are we even talking about? <laughs> I've, I've, just, I've been waiting since I saw it last night. I've been waiting to talk about this. Like, crazy. I'm just like, God damn, that's awkward. And then, honestly, you know me. Like, I was eating leftovers last night going, hmm, do they just not like him? Does he not know the dances? Why was he there? Like, yeah. Why did you get in the middle? And then I've noticed, like, I, I got stuck in a weird wormhole, right? Like, I'm laying on my bed, and I kept going back. Because then people started showing, because the Seahawks receivers do the best dances. And like celebrations, so they kept they kept going back, and this has happened before. Oh no! Yeah, like he runs up, and I'm just like, all right, because it's natural for the quarterback to run up and high five everybody. Man, I want to listen to that mic'd up now. Now you kind of got me like flirting with this wormhole. And it's nothing bad. He just repeats the same thing over and over and over. But like oh, he doesn't. Like, yeah, but he doesn't have any like fun, cool lines that would make you think like, oh, that guy's pretty tight. Like I've heard some of the quarterbacks are like, like BSing with the refs and like. Like, you know, just like, I don't know, just fooling around, having a good time. 
All right, so here's what here's Bro Bible wrote this up. In a span of a few minutes, here's all the cliches Wilson delivered while being mic'd up. Let's go. Hey, that away, baby. Great job. Okay, okay, okay. I see you two four. Let's go. One, two, three, let's finish. But I mean, that's like all he says is these repetitive things over and over and over. Those literally sound you know what? Okay, do you remember when you were in like junior high and your teacher had a page of stickers that they would put like on your paper or on your peachy or whatever? Those sound like the phrases from that. Like, let's go. All right, thank you. Somebody on Twitter last night, much funnier than I, was like, is he is he like actively looking to coach Little League? Because he's ready. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's something too, which is different because like in high school and college, nobody's getting paid. I always think this stuff is kind of funny. He's like, you're telling another millionaire, like, don't give up hope, get fired up. Like, he's a professional athlete. He's probably like sticking it out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's probably not giving up hope. <laughs> so, <laughs> Got to build that third house. <laughs> Matt, did you watch the game? Yeah. Well, did you, did I was you find the audio for off? the first half, but I was at the gym, so I could like catch glimpses. And then I watched the second half uh, at the bar down the street with our boy Josh. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, what was the question? Besides, I was like, so you didn't hear all the audio. I mean, here's the thing. Maybe Russell Wilson's just that smart and realized he didn't want to say anything goofy. I would have preferred, yeah, so they showed it on the broadcast, you mean? Yeah, he was mic'd up the whole game. They kept cutting in. You've seen this before. <laughs> yeah, Dude, here's the thing. With phrases like that, does that lend credence to the, um, the conspiracy theory that we were let in on on the podcast way back, like year two, Uh-oh. that Russell Wilson is, in fact, a robot? That helps that theory. What was uh, what was Homeboy's name would come on the cast? John Moffat. Yeah, but the yeah. problem is that that information, the source of that information, has gone off the rails. Here's the thing: he's also on the Real Rob Report, s- claiming that he might be a robot, and he finds a drill in his Footlocker. Coincidence? <laughs> tell me. I don't know. I know it was just it just I felt bad. I felt weird for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, what? you can't have it all, man. Maybe he's just kind of an awkward guy. Yeah. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the Seahawks chants when some guy yells C and then it's on, you know, the, the rest of the crowd in the surrounding area with an earshot is obliged to yell Hawks? Yeah, it's incumbent upon them to yeah. ask Hawks. So here's the deal. I've been to a lot of Sounders games, right? And uh-huh. the first time I got shut down was on one of the ECS buses. It's like the ECS has like very, like, cheers they do and chants they do but like certain people start them and don't and i remember sitting there with my buddy i'm gonna try to start one he goes i wouldn't <laughs> like you don't know what you're doing it didn't work and it was just awkward oh. so there's times and places so sometimes like i was somewhere just this weekend and people were trying to get the seahawks thing going and like people were just kind of like yeah whatever but i've also been in a crowd where somebody starts it and everybody gets real fired up so i think it depends on time and place are you saying it like i don't know you know has it did somebody just say it behind you two minutes ago? Right? They probably don't start it now. It was done a lot at the bar I was watching it at. And Well, um, yeah. At a bar it's gonna happen. During all the, time. the game, I get it, but by like the sixth or seventh time, oh, I was geez. really hoping that it would they would just get a nothing. Like the fact that you're like, oh, I've heard it just bomb, like makes me really happy because I really wanna I think in a bar, that's a different environment. I'm thinking about like pregame or on their train or something. Oh, yeah. In a bar, honestly, if I'm drinking, I'd probably be like, Hawks! I feel like in a bar, you get three, max four. Yeah. One uh, per but quarter. That was a close game. One per quarter. That's I, plenty. And I think it started really getting big the year we won the Super Bowl, which was yeah. also the year I stopped drinking. 
Mm. And I feel like a little bit of alcohol might make me a little more fired up to do it. I fear that it might even make me try and start one at some point. But, yeah, I was just like, like I said, first it's like, oh, yeah, I haven't watched a Hawks game in a bar for a while. And then by, like, the fifth or sixth one, I was just kind of rolling my eyes with Josh. Like, Where, What neighborhood were you in? Ballard. I was at Market Arms. Was in, oh, yeah. All right. I was going to ask you. Great bar. Great yeah. food. That is a great bar. Shout out to the apps they had. What do we get? Spinach artichoke dip, uh, hummus. They got some fried shrimp there. All right, we're going to forget about it. <laughs> Sorry. Focus. I like, I like, I like the market. Focus. But yeah, if you're drinking in a bar, there's going to be more of those chants. Right. I mean, look, when we were in London, I mean, I did it after the game. We were sitting there waiting for an Uber. And, and then one lady yelled at me. And she goes, you have to say it three times. So I just did it like twice. I was like, all right. Wow. I didn't realize. <laughs> yelled at you? That, you? You know what it is. She was just yeah, like, you're yeah. supposed to know at three. And I was like, all right, all right. My bad. I made it to London. Is that not good enough? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will also say the guy in front of me was from like Bremerton or something. So he had taken a ferry over to Seattle, got to the airport, flew to London. Wow. And then the whole entire first quarter, he's doing the sea thing the entire time. He is blacked out drunk. <laughs> and by the second quarter, his friends had to take him home. And I was like, oh, Ooh. no. By the second been, quarter? Right. Like, I've been known to miss a game or two. But like, when I was in London, I was like, we flew a long way for this game. Like, we're, we're going to watch this game. Pace yourself. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I remember I came back from the bars, my whole crew, they were going to go to the stadium. And I was like, I'm going to wait here. And like, Baird and a couple of other my buddies were actually over there. And I come into the stadium. And as they left the stadium in this bar, these hot Australian, you don't need to know that, but these hot Australian bartenders started walking around with trays of Jaeger bombs, right? So as they're leaving, like, my crew is just buying rounds of them, and they see me do one. So I show up, and I'm like, huh, glad I found you guys. And they're kind of looking at me, and I go, I only did one. You thought I was going to be much drunker, huh? And they're like, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, we can't. So I always felt bad, but there's a perfect example. That guy was in the stadium and said it so much, people were like, all right, wow. So you birds are from Australia, huh? <laughs> I, I could just see you making a down under joke immediately. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where I met Ron that always uh, oh, yeah. emails in. Oh, nice. From Belfast. Cool. Yeah, man. So I don't know. I, apparently that Russell Wilson thing bugged me than it bugged anybody else. Had me up all night. Now <laughs> I feel like we're going to get some responses. That, like, I was the electrician at his house, man, and he you know, tried to have me over for a barbecue or something weird. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm saying this is the only weird thing about the man. I was like, Oh, no, I was thinking the opposite. Like, he oh. has no friends, and he's just inviting like any, any random person who happens to step on the property to hang with him. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people, you work at <laughs> such a high level. Like, like, like you're saying, he spends so much time watching film and stuff. Like, it's got to be hard to have a regular social life. I mean, I, you know, I feel like it's the, the madness of greatness. You got to be <clears throat> a little off to hit that level. I mean, Mike Tyson, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. Dude. There's your three examples. All have like extreme personalities, you know, and have had issues because of it. So I, I got to imagine Russell Wilson's oh. at least, you know, somewhere on that spectrum within that camp. And that's I, not taking anything away from him. In fact, you know, I would almost consider it a comment. Kobe Bryant was going to be my other one. I heard, I read a, a story, Jeremy Roenick told it, I think on a podcast or a radio show yeah. about Michael yeah, yeah. Jordan. You read that one? Yeah. Yeah, so Michael Jordan, big gambler, big golfer, pretty big drinker, too. And him and Roenick were out playing golf. Roenick beat Jeremy Roenick, by the way, at the time, is playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. He's a hockey, famous hockey player. I believe he was the number two scorer of all time or something like that at that point, or for in a season or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, very yeah. well known. But J, right, J.R., Chris Chelios, they're like famous Blackhawks teams. 
Jordan's yeah. playing for the Dynasty uh, Bulls. Yeah, and then they're out. They're out playing, gambling throughout the round, and Jordan has a game that night, and uh, Ronick beat him. And then Jordan's like, "Oh, we're playing again," and they're crushing beers the whole time, like for thirty-six Ronick, holes of golf. Yeah, Ronick says like very nonchalant. Because I listened to it too, and he's like, "Cause somebody's like, were you guys drinking?" He's like, "Yeah, we, you know, we probably had like ten beers." That's a hockey player. That means they had at least fifteen. Yeah. Plus, yeah, I've heard that that he always wants to run it back. Even if, like he'll play pool with someone until like five in the morning because yeah. he has to win. Yeah. yeah. So he he did that on a golf course. Ronick beats him again on the second round, and you know he's there's however much money, and Ronick's like, dude, I'm gonna bet all this money against the Bulls tonight because Jordan had a game that night and he just watched him crush a bunch of beers oh golfing. God. And then Jordan's like. Tell you what, I'm gonna put up 40 and we're gonna win by 20 or something. Yeah, dude, I want to see it was like a playoff game or something. Yeah, he's like, oh, not only will we win, like I'm gonna drop 40 points or something. What? Yeah, and like, I think it was to win it back, right? Something. Yeah, yeah, to win it back. So of course he goes out and drops like 50 and they just crush him. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After being outplayed 36 and get drunk all day. Like, yeah, you'd be legend. destroyed. Yeah, destroyed. Yeah. But I'm saying it's not just athletes. Like I think a lot of people, you know, like I'm sure Steve Jobs was a strange man to hang out with. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's you a know? fruitarian. You only eat fruit. I did not know that. That was like a four-year thing. It's part of what, well, some people think it related to the pancreatic cancer. But, yeah, I mean, really just like, you know, individualistic extreme viewpoints in some things, which yeah. you tend to see. And, you know, if someone's going to have outsized success, they're likely going to be an outsized you know, personality in one way or another. It is. But I would also say I don't think it gives people carte blanche to just be a-holes. Oh, dude, a hundred percent. I just, I mean more that they're going to be oddballs. Were you talking about yeah. Steve Jobs or Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech? No, just. Nice. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, you just I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, uh, you know who's the perfect example is Walter Payton, right? So Walter Payton, sweetness, right? He's famous for being one of the toughest running backs of all time. Great running back, this and that. He's also very famous for, like, when everybody met him, he was super nice. Everybody loved him, this and that. Now, sadly, like, you know, he's like, I should have spent more time at home. Like, his own kids barely knew the man, didn't really care for him, this and that. Or you look at Mickey Mantle, who years ago was a god for the Yankees, right? And on his deathbed, he's at this hospital, like, he's dying, he's got cancer and everything. And he said the same thing. He's like, I, you know, I know these stories are legendary, but I was, I was an a-hole. Like, I shouldn't have done that to people. So that, that's my point of, too, is, like, sometimes I think – you got to have that personality to get you there, but you know, there's a certain part where you don't just get to write this off because you're the top of your profession. Yeah, totally. You, know, you still got to be a human to people. Yeah, and there's damage that comes along with it. Like it's not, you know, <clears throat> the whole idea of an Achilles heel. I think is an important one here, which is simply that like some people's like incredible outsized traits also become their undoing. And if you look around your life, you'll see examples of this, people who are so extreme in one area that it really helps them and also ultimately brings them to their knees. I mean, I've seen this with, you know, five or six different people I know, and it's crazy. And you look within and you can see within yourself, too, some of your greatest traits are also, you know, your greatest weaknesses. So, you know. Yeah. With great power. Comes great responsibility. Thank you, sir. Uh <laughs> So Matt is going to an annual event he goes to. He's all dressed up. It is amazing 
the difference. So you were saying people only know you from this event think they are just like, oh yeah, Matt, this is what this is how he dresses. Yeah, go every year. It's Some like local a local baller. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like rock and roll chick is like the the dress code or whatever. So you know, like I'm always just suited up in some capacity, mix and match. I don't have a ton of, a huge wardrobe in that department to uh pick from. But yeah, it's you know, it's always the same people at the table and I meet them once a year basically, and I'm always dressed up, and I'm just like, the other 364 days of the year, I am in sweatpants or basketball shorts every day. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's amazing sometimes, too, like how much dress affects what we think about somebody. And it's an incredible signaling mechanism. It's unreal. Like, I always tell that story about meeting a, a, a city councilman from Bellevue and a judge after me and my buddy had gone and seen Obama speak. Uh, and then afterwards, like, they were like, you work on that show? Like... That men's room show can be a little this or that. Like, you don't look like something. I was like, well, you caught me on the one day a year. Like, I'm in a suit outside <laughs> of a wedding. Right. But it's, I don't, it was just funny. Like, because I'm dressed like this, though, you'll take me much more serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, that's like uh, evolutionary biology, like signaling straight up. Cause that's, you know, it, it, they're costly gestures. Like, the same thing, like pulling up in a Rolls Royce is costly from an evolutionary standpoint. You know, it's expensive to fake. And people who, you know, maybe if they put their life savings in, they could get a Mercedes or something like that. You know, it's too expensive of a of a, a gesture, so they don't do it because it could imperil them. So it's a like a true sign of um, what's that like affluence or signaling for mating or whatever. And you know, suits are expensive to buy and they're expensive to maintain. So it's like. You know, it's right, a let me ask reasonably you this, true signal. Do you mechanism. think nowadays how much cheap labor cost is in other countries? Like, no offense, but there's certain stores. Like, I know a lot of people that wear a suit and tie every day, but like, they just wear a like, like your stuff is cheap. Yeah, I think um, my response would be that I think in some categories it doesn't really matter, like casual and whatever. I would say within dress up, that cheap dress up gear generally looks pretty cheap. All right, not That's always. Fair generally do you know uh do you know the thing about rolls royces so i knew a man that owned one who ended up in prison Uh, (laughs) but here's the deal you will never ever see a rolls royce broken down you'll never see one getting repaired on because if you own one as soon as something which is rare that goes wrong with it you call them right away and they will send a flatbed that's the thing you might see one you'll never see one on a tow truck and they will cover it Oh. And a black like thing. You will not see it on that flatbed truck. You will never know the Rolls Royce ever broke down. They'll take it, fix it, bring it back to you the same way. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That's the impressive. F- I love little things like that about companies. The yeah. attention to detail. We were just talking about one today um, uh, in Disneyland in Europe. So maybe it's Disney World or whatever. I'm not sure. But they have... Um, they have like a stunt show. And so people are like riding around on these dirt bikes and they're juggling and whatever else, right? And it's Disney. So like everything is done to the nines. You know, we're talking like top level designers in the world. They spend the cash, like no, no you know, no sequin out of place, right? Well, I guess um, one of my, our mutual friends, Rowan, was walking by and you can see in their little shop as they're repairing these things. And remember, this is just a little dirt bike that they're racing around. They had the casing open and inside the casing where the crowd doesn't even see um, is a metal, like when they, when they originally made the casing, imprinted into it is the Mickey Mouse ears and face. Yeah. On the inside. Like that costs huh. so much to like cast it like that. And just like, nope, like Disney, just getting it done. So anyway, yeah, I love attention to detail like that out of companies. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild, man. 
Now, I tell you, the best story I have about uh, Disney World, and, and Disney World is massively expensive. Do not get me wrong. But when you're there, they treat you great, right? So there's, I could tell you a thousand things. But when my one cousin was younger, I guess somebody, like, he was eating ice cream or something, and, like, the street sweeper bumped him to him or something by mistake. So the ice cream, like, went to his shirt. So then they're like, we'll take care of it. Like, go in the shop, get a shirt, blah, blah, blah. So they're like, all right. So they get a shirt, and they take his original shirt. And by the time they get back to the room, it's cleaned and pressed and is hung in the closet. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, dude. Wow. That's it's almost unbelievable level of customer service. It is. The only thing I can compare to, like, Disney customer service and, like, because, you know, when you work at Disney World, you got to take these tests. You got to know everything about the park and everything is the black cabs in London. To drive a black cab, you got to go through, like, yeah. so much training and this and that. So, basically, you'll know any street and what's around. Yeah, and, and their street system is very complicated because I believe, like, most uh, East Coast U.S. cities, uh, it likely evolved from cow paths leading to a central green. That's how a lot of – and so my point is the streets are not straight. So it's not like a grid system like Seattle where you can easily memorize it. It is a system you can only memorize by, you know, being in it. And also Uber just got kicked out of London. Did they really? Oh, they did? Mm-hmm. I was just talking to a guy that lives in London about that. Oh, yeah. Right? We were talking about that on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's how we came. Where that's, I was like, hey, man, we were just, oh, we were talking to Rob about the black yep. cabs and everything. They really got kicked out of London, huh? Yeah. That's the word I heard. So, pretty crazy. Hey, uh, you watched a lot of college football over the weekend. I know the Seahawks were exciting, but what was the best game you saw? I mean, the, the Iron Bowl was pretty solid. <clears throat> well, Auburn, Alabama? Yeah. That was pretty solid. Unfortunately, I'd like to say the Apple Cup, but geez, Cougs, you guys got to at least put up a fight. That's yeah, I, there was a, I thought that was going to be a really good game. Yeah, but it's the same story. Like, obviously, <clears throat> Washington knows exactly Leach's playbook. Like, why not switch it up a little bit? You know what I mean? It's the same story, right? You come out, you drive down the field, like, all right, they know what they're doing. And then it's like, I don't know, like, you got to beat your rival. Yeah, and he's never beat the... The Huskies, I believe. No. Leach? Yeah, and definitely not in Seattle. Yeah. Um, like, that's that's crazy. And uh, Seattle, uh, I mean, uh, Huskies head coach just left, too. Yeah, Coach Pete. Mm-hmm. That's a solid dude as well. Yeah. I think that guy's just retiring because he's just tired of the grind. Yeah, I could see that. And, yeah. you know, that's the thing. Being the highest uh, paid state employee, your tax dollars at work, you make enough in five years, you can never work again. So I think he was the second. I think Leach is the first. Yeah, I mean, both of them, tax dollars at work. <laughs> no, that was a great week. It was just nice to have games on all the time, right? Like, oh, what's this one? Arizona is the Territorial Cup. Yeah, Ted, like we learned- Ted with the names. Yeah. That's what Arizona, Arizona State is? Yeah, there was a couple where I was like trying to you know, give like things like, this is what this is for, this is what this one's called. Like Apple Cup, you have the Civil War, yep. uh, the Territorial Cup, the Iron Bowl, uh, Wisconsin and Michigan played for Paul Bunyan's axe. <laughs> Like, there's just a bunch of stuff going on. What do uh, they call USC UCLA? I know that was last week. Ooh, I don't know. Man, I don't know. I know Cal Stanford's just the game. And Michigan and Ohio State. I don't know. Maybe they call that one the game now. I think it I might just know. be that simple. Right. Michigan Ohio State's a great rivalry. There's another one. I mean, Michigan's so good, but Ohio State's just better. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're an elite program. They they both are elite programs. Ohio State's just you know yeah yeah they're powerhouse. They have so many good players. They're just stacked deep. You know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's read some emails because we didn't read any uh, two weeks ago. Okay. Good news, bad news, boys. So um, we it looks like we're having an issue with our website and 
this is definitely not the two weeks that I have a chance to fix it. So, all right. Um, so if you want to email us, you can just email Ted directly. Um, the Ted Smith two E's at KSW.com. Nice. Thank can, you. Can they email to the address to email at thepodcast.com? No. No? Okay. Um, all right. Uh, so we got two, but many people's may have been lost. If you've sent an email in the last two and a half weeks, it probably didn't get to us. Uh, please resend. Um, please resend. <laughs> happy decadent dip season to the greatest podcast in all the land. All, all the land. land. Always nice when I get to pick on a fellow nutritionist. So here's what Matt got wrong about alcohol. Oh, boy. For starters, oh. alcohol itself has seven uh, kilocalories per gram, not nine. Um, Did you I were, say nine? Uh, I, I know, know. it's seven. You were thinking of fat. but No, actually, fat's not. Okay. Yeah, I would assume it would depend on the alcohol itself, too. Um. All right. Well, um, on top of that, one of the things I learned during my research and alcohol, how it affects the body as far as nutrition goes, that, either, that the body either burns it as fuel um, or it is expelled. Uh, it's not stored by the body and therefore cannot contribute to weight gain on its own. Uh, it'll add to your waistline. Da 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 da. Proamed three. Okay. Uh, as far as podcasts being the new garage band, I oh, agree. I know. I agree. Ridiculously low bar to entry without the talent to play a musical instrument. But like most bands, most cost podcasters rarely go the distance like you guys have. Speaking of which, if I may shamelessly plug the one I started earlier this year, the Laughter at Humanity show uh, can be found at thegoddamnbacon.com. I do regularly plug other shows, which I think are good, such as the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Because um, I think it's one of the best ways to find personalities you enjoy. Uh, speaking of which, see you personalities at the get-together. Bacon. All right. All right. I will say this. It was funny. Today I was in the elevator and I heard these two guys talking, right? And they were, they were both foreign, so their English wasn't the best. And they were, they were like, yeah. And the, or the one guy I heard go, yeah, my dad has a couple beers like to get happy, but I don't know that I've ever seen him like real drunk. And they're like, we'll just use a name like Paul. It's like, well, Paul. Man, Paul was drinking morning, noon, and then he was drinking that night too. And then the other guy goes, yeah, and he's ripped. I think he just likes to drink. And they were like, he's wild. <laughs> and I realized, like, what it, like I'm sitting in the back of the elevator trying not to laugh because I'm like, I'm sure this Paul guy probably had like, a couple drinks at brunch, had a couple of lunch. I'm like, that sounds like a holiday weekend to me, boys. Like, having a good time. That should ease up on your on your friend here. Let the man live his life. It sounds like Paul is shredded. <laughs> <laughs> Buy two, get one free skydiving. You guys need to get on this. Uh, also, your website still has a meetup in Tacoma on December 8th from last year. Drew Brogenshire. Oh, Jesus. That Our sounds webs? about right. Does it? Huh? I don't know. I, I don't look at that thing much. I'm not, I'm not I'll look at it right now. change it. It's just a static page that has a little email capture. That's what I thought. I haven't changed it. I just well, I pay 12 bucks a year for the domain, man. That's my job. Oh, and I think I might pay for an SSL. I don't know. I'm still pro skydiving. Yeah, I, yeah, I am too. I wouldn't want to go in the winter, though, but in the summer... <laughs> oh, this is probably from two years ago. It says, hide your kids and hide your wife. The podcast meetup is December 8th in Tacoma. That is true. Right. Well, that was last year. Do you know how to get that off? Dude, this... what? Yeah, of course I can change the website. Um, dude, look at the young Ted Smith on the on the site. No, no beard. beard. Wow, that's crazy. And in the old studio. Drinking an IPA. Just having a good time. Man. All right. 
<laughs> we'll walk down memory lane for the boys here. It's kind of funny. Uh, thank you for the heads up, Drew. I honestly had no idea. Um, yeah. Also, I just love that it's blatant. Like, wonder where we put it on there. Oh, it's right above our. It's right on top of our pictures. Come here, Matt. Look at it. Um, did we ever go through? I, you know, I feel like we we had a bunch of emails last time, and we kind of had to breeze through this one. Um, what? Uh, this was a question at the end of an email we got from. Uh, uh, Tamale, which was, what would you gents believe is a good reason for rekindling an old romance? Is it better to leave it up to fate, God, or the universe, or does it take a personal effort to reconnect? I yeah, I I don't know. I it's never successfully happened for me, so I don't know. I know other people that have. I'm just. I, you know what? I think we read this and we had the same awkward conversation of like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I think it's highly situational and personal. Do you think there's no good reason to rekindle an old romance? I, <laughs> I don't no, want to answer nothing. that. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. That's what I'm telling you. I'm pretty sure we did read this. That's like we didn't give it enough time. Like, pretty sure this was the same interaction we had. I was like, uh, I don't know. And like, if that guy's thinking about getting back with a girlfriend, I don't want to be like, no, no, no fucking chance. Go. Cool. <laughs> well, that's it for emails. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. That's oh. why I went back to that one. Oh, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, man. That one makes me still The so email is broken, man. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I don't know, dude. Depends. How good was the sex? That is a joke. <laughs> that is a joke. Do not base your relationships on sex. For real, though. <laughs> All right. Let's check in with Matt. Hey, what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's Matt. Hey, what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. <laughs> check out what's Matt. Hey, what's good? What's Uh, Before we get to what's maddening. Hey, what's good? What's maddening? Check out what's maddening. Well, we took two weeks off, uh, or a week off, so it's been two weeks. Uh, Most of that time I was down in Palm Springs, played eight rounds of golf in nine days, shaved 20 strokes off my score and 10 points off my handicap. Uh, Just had a great time. I just started tracking my handicap um, also. So my first one was highly skewed from one round that I played in not the greatest conditions up here and shot like a 111 or something on. Um, but, yeah, it was a ton of fun, a bunch of quality time with my dad out there. Uh, you know, we always, like, bonded over sports and stuff growing up. And, you know, now he's he was, like, teaching me stuff. And, you know, we're just kind of talking about the game and just having a good time. So, yeah, it was just the two of us out there most of the days. Luke joined us for one of the rounds. Um and yeah, Palm Springs is wild, man. It's like it's just there's just a lot of like old people that have kind of like made it, and so well, I mean that is Palm Springs. Yeah, it's I mean, like it's this, kind of, I mean, no offense, but it's kind of a playland for the for the yeah, rich people. Yeah, it's a <laughs> surreal environment, and it's like a, just a bunch of rich people that kind of just don't give a fuck uh, in a good way. They're just having yeah. a good time. They can't, you know. Um, it's Palm Springs, baby. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was rad, man. Uh, and you know, quality time with my dad is something that I, I always cherish. Oh, shout out to uh, Sam Williams. I think his name is on Twitter. Who dropped a jukebox bomb? He tweeted me that he dropped a jukebox bomb and played Cats in the Cradle as he left a bar. <laughs> we are not encouraging. <laughs> All right, see, Sam, that's even worse. So you left the bar and put on Cats yeah, in the Cradle. Yeah, and I, I read that tweet while I was on the couch with my dad watching football, and we laughed so hard together, so thank you. Like, you sent that tweet at the perfect time. I thought it was hilarious. So did my dad. Um, but, yeah, so it was just a it was a fun, fun break. Uh, yesterday I turned 33. 
Uh, thank you for your Happy text, birthday. boys. Uh, and yeah, worked most of the day. Ran down to Market Arms, watched the the end of the game with Josh, second half. And uh, yeah, it was just a, a awesome couple weeks. I think that's yeah. That's old Golf that's is it. I guess you know a lot of golf. Could have mentioned that uh, I came over the house deep dip. We season. didn't talk about that beforehand, did we? I thought, oh yeah. A nice having you over. Four Matt. different, four God, different dips. No four, big deal. God four different dips. Tater tot casserole flown in from all across the country. It's fine. Meatballs, whatever. It was, uh, it was a great time. All right, <laughs> Ted. Mm, man, I can't. Believe, yeah, that was. Uh, it's been a whirlwind since I got back. The highlight since I returned probably was that the game was fun. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun hanging out with you guys. Um, and yeah, dip season's underway. Dip season's officially open. There's been a little bit of uh, a power shift. Uh, oh, well, just like I make a lot of those dips and stuff, but a few things like the stuffing and everything, like my mom, I was like, you know what? Let me just do it all. Like you could stand in the kitchen and kind of tell me what, I, you know, this or that. But I was like, let me just do it. Shout out for those leftovers too. Those oh, hundred really percent. Dude, I still, I, I mean, trust me, I have it. The amount of food we made was ridiculous. But, who was at your Thanksgiving? So Thanksgiving, we went to a party where, where there was 11 people. But the year before, there had been like 25, 20. Okay. So you had a lot of leftovers. Right. No, so that was the issue, was that Friday, I thought a couple of buddies were going to come by after the Apple Cup, or during the Apple Cup, but like George. Okay. George, I mean, I know George through here. So then I thought Nick was going to come with him, but Nick was doing something. So, he was like, so we had just bought a chicken, so we had to cook it either way. So then we just ended up having all that chicken and stuffing left over. Then you know me. I was like, well. Stuffing was awesome. Yeah, I was like, well, Saturday, man, I'm going to you know, throw some meatballs in there, start making dips. <laughs> and I didn't have to make all the dips. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I bought the sausage and everything. Let's make it. Yeah, so, those dips are on point. Yeah, that's how. It's going to be a good year for us. Right. That's yeah. why, right, you're, you, you came by. You saw. Oh, yeah. Dip season's rolling. Yeah, it is. What did you guys think about the mild sausage dip? Dude, I'm, I'm actually happy you, went, you didn't go spicy. I feel like, you, you know, at its core, the dips are meant to be enjoyed. And if you can't enjoy your own sausage dip, what are we doing here? Yeah, right. You know, like at a certain point, I don't know. I feel like oftentimes when people host things, like they're the only one who has a terrible time. And that's in some respects, that's a sign of a good host, which is like, you know, going out of your way to make sure people are having a good time and, you know, that they're well taken care of. But if you're not enjoying it, then, you know, what was what was it all for? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so I say you grab that den, catch that beautiful butterfly, and you make sauce that you can eat. Yeah. Or I think sauce, it's... Jesus, dip. Dip, sauce, whatever. I don't sausage. make my sauce too spicy. Either. I got torn between sausage and dip and sauce. Ted, that food was so good. That bag of Juanita's chips just sat unopened the entire time. Yeah, nobody I touched them. I f***ing love Juanita's. The fact that I didn't, I, and I'm not afraid to open a bag of Juanita's at somebody else's house, especially <laughs> not someone as hospitable as you. Yeah. But there's just so much other awesome stuff. You know how to put a spread out on a college football Saturday, and, you know, I think your mom was very proud. Yeah. I think you really put your best foot forward. Well, it was nice, too. Like, like sometimes when I just have like, you guys over, Cobble will be like, man, it feels like a holiday. It was kind of nice to have my mom there and be like, it actually is a holiday. <laughs> Dude, yeah. And you know what's funny? <laughs> so um, Ted's mom and I were just talking like a little bit about Ted and his personality whatever. And she was saying, I was saying that from him I've uh, learned and copied like being a decent host. You know, just like there's a little bit of an art to having people over to your house and hosting them. And Ted's pretty good at it. And he's like, well, I always learned that from my mom. So she and I were talking about that, bonding over it. 
And she was saying when he was a kid, like anytime they'd leave a party, anything like that, like he was always the last to leave. He's always like, you know, saying bye to his friends and whatever. Even when he was like in kindergarten, he was tapping <laughs> friends on the back, giving them little hugs, handshakes, <laughs> dapping them up, whatever. And it was funny. So she and I were kind of laughed about that. I was like, yeah, that same thing happened to me with Ted at a party in, in West Seattle uh, with Kevin from Metal Shop. Matt, you were there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was standing on the street 30 minutes waiting for the guy who told me, hey, man, get ready. We're going to leave. But <laughs> so then what's funny is I came to the building today to come in for the podcast and matt's like hey we got to start early um so that i can get to this thing that i'm dressed up for it's like no problem so i'll be there so i get here early and i text ted come down pick me up from the lobby he comes down and then he's just standing in the lobby with his back to me talking to the security guard for like four or five minutes and i'm just like do i call him again it's like his mom was right man (laughs) always just chatting with people so anyway i thought it was funny that is man social butterfly yeah, try to be. No, Saturday Saturday is a fun day. I'm glad you guys uh, made it over and got to enjoy the food. That's something too, man. Like I like cooking. I like cooking for people. I like seeing people's reactions to food. Like, oh yeah, that is good. Yeah, <laughs> tater tot casserole. They're as pumped awesome. as I am. <laughs> oh man, I did I tell you this? The sad thing though with the tater tot casserole. No. As I realized as I pulled the pan out that morning, uh, I was like. I haven't used this pan since last Christmas when I made tater tot casserole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like I bake a lot, but I was just like, if that's good or bad, this pan's exclusively for tater tot casserole. Tater tot casserole is so good it deserves its own pan. Yeah, it it is, man. Oh, guys, nice reframe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think it's about that time. Boop, doop, doop, boop, boop. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. Do you guys want the easy one or the hard one? Hard. Give us a hard one this week. A hard one? Yeah. All right, boys. In the media these days, I feel like people are always talking about toxic masculinity. You know, there's been sort of a big push with um, feminism, obviously, and like, you know, uh, the, the liberal left has brought up a lot of social issues, which I think are important. And we always hear about toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity, you know, white male privilege, et cetera, et cetera. Here's my question for you. What does positive masculinity look like? In your mind. I mean, I think it's just about uh, just setting an example for other other people. You know what I mean? And I can't say, you know, it's masculinity. So I would say setting an example for other guys, you know. And that's one of the reasons I like Demathis so much, right? Uh, Is that at the time, you're a teenager. You don't realize it. But I can look back on it and realize that was the positive male leadership I was striving for at that age, right? Like, you don't, teenagers aren't going to, you're not going to pick up on that. You're not going to be like, oh, yeah, my dad lives in South Carolina for most of high school. Like, I need men to look up to. But that's, to me, that's what positive masculinity is and should be. And sometimes, too, like, you need groups. You know what I mean? There's a reason people, like you were saying earlier, with the the income, or not income, uh, the income of, like, people at certain workplaces or this or that. Like, sometimes guys need to go hang out and do some guy stuff with guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think there's plenty of time where women need to be with women. So I think, I, I'm with you. I There's a lot of masculinity that's gotten out of control, but that, that term now almost kind of makes me gun-shy, toxic masculinity, because some of the stuff is like, mm-hmm. you know, also, like, I don't know what to say. Like, it's a guy. Like, that's not the worst thing in the world. And not everything that happens is always racial or, you know, against women. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's a couple things that happened in the last few days. And, like, and I'm generally somebody that will say, no, it's because of this or that. I mean, you know, me and you have gone back and forth with this. But, like, I don't know. Like, for instance, Hillary Clinton. I am not a Republican. I am certainly not a Donald Trump fan. 
But I also wasn't a Hillary Clinton fan. And I think we got so caught up in running a woman, which I would like to see a woman president. But I said for years we'd see a black president before a woman one because people are sexist. And she, to me, just wasn't the right one. You yeah. know what I mean? I'd love to see Elizabeth Warren, frankly, be our president. Well, and, and in relation to that, you know, what is the sheer mathematical possibility with 330 million Americans that two of the most fit people to be the top office happen to be married to each other? Yeah. Pretty low. You know, (laughs) I mean, you know, but yeah, I'm with you, man. As far as the masculinity thing, you know, I think. um, All right. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. Um, I mean, there's traits and stuff. I just think uh, when you said that term, like positive masculinity, I just thought of our boy George. Like, he's just an awesome dude. He's like, he's obviously, you know, a Marine, former Marine. But, you know, he's he's like a real badass dude, but he's like sharply dressed and like just has his, I don't know, I just think of that guy as like a role model for me that's actually like one of my friends. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of those traits is like, you know, he's he's really smart, but he's, you know, I know that he's a badass. I mean, with what he does for work and what he's, you know, I haven't been in the Marines and stuff. And I just thought like, He's tough, but he's not an asshole, and he's, uh, you know, pretty, you know, I've talked to him about personal things and stuff. He's got some good advice in a lot of different areas of life, and I think, you know, just being a role model, being sharp, um, and, yeah, but also has a, a real masculine edge to him, just, but he, you'd never know it. He's just a totally yeah. nice dude. Um so, yeah, for years who popped into my head, and then I had to start thinking backwards from, like, what about him makes me think that? And it's like, well, he might be one of the toughest guys I know. I haven't really seen that side of him. I just know that he's, like, he's a badass dude, but he's yeah. also not an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, I would say relative to what <clears throat> Ted was saying about uh, people being, you know, sexist or racist or whatever, I think that a key piece of um, – being masculine. I mean, one, I think, you know, masculinity represents order. Um, but also, I think a key piece of being <clears throat> a good masculine role model is standing up for some of the groups that maybe don't have as much power as you, whether that's physical power, you know, just from a sheer, you know, musculature standpoint. But then also that translates oftentimes to things like, you know, political power, social power, et cetera. So I think one is, you know, putting your neck out there for people who need a little bit more, you know, help and whatever else. And so I think that's incumbent on us to do. But then, um, yeah, as far as positive masculinity, I would say, you know, if if it's to believed that if it's to be believed that um, generally speaking, the masculine energy represents order and the feminine energy represents chaos. And I'm not talking about men and women. I'm talking about masculine and feminine, which is different. Um, you know, and that's sort of the yin and yang of creation and destruction, whatever. Then I would say <clears throat> one key piece of masculinity as it relates to the family dynamic would be being the rock, you know, being the the backstop that makes sure that, you, you know, it's sort of the, the final line um, or the anchor to which the rest of the family can tie. And so I think it's really important that that person is, um, you know, sort of a stable guiding force or presence. And so I would say that's a big piece of positive masculinity, whether that's in a nuclear family or in, you know, friendships or relationships at work or whatever else. Yeah. And I see what you're saying between masculine and feminine. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's not, yeah, because yeah, you know some women who are masculine and some men who are feminine. It's not a male female thing. But, right, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and they say that, like, you know, women essentially represent, like, Mother Nature. Um, and Mother Nature, you know, the chaos of it is that it's always selecting. Uh, I mean, just the, you know, what's that called? Like, natural selection is always happening. And because of that, it's pretty ruthless. I mean, the chaos can just crush entire species, it can tr- crush family lines, whatever else from breeding. And so, you know, but that's the that's the chaos and the destruction of it. And then, you know, the order is all these little sandcastles that we try to build um, that, you know, continually get uh, taken away by time. I mean, to bring it full circle and to make it simpler for masculinity and guys, I mean, I think we all know if you want to talk positive masculinity, you got to talk Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where on earth is he about to land this? <laughs> all right. There you go. Episode 281. For MCTV, for Cobb of the Ted Smith is the podcast. Cheers.